of the Albany Law School podcast. I'm Ben Myers, Associate Director of Communications and Marketing here at Albany Law School. On this edition of the podcast, we're speaking with 3L Jenna Benedetto, who's going to be graduating in just a couple of weeks, but has just pulled off the last moot court competition of the year here at the law school. She had a good team helping her out, of course, but Jenna was the head person for that competition and had a very special competitor in the finals. We'll talk to Jenna in just a second. Reminders at the top of the show, as we always do, albanylaw.edu slash COVID-19. If you have any questions about any of the policies or procedures here at Albany Law School when it comes to the pandemic, that's the place to go, albanylaw.edu slash COVID-19. If you like this episode of the podcast, you want to hear more, subscribe on any of the major podcast services or check out our SoundCloud account. And of course, if you want to keep up to the day-to-day going on here at the law school, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, we're active on all of those different platforms. All right, let's talk to Jenna. Back here on the Albany Law School podcast with Jenna Benedetto. And Jenna, if you just introduce yourself to everybody listening to the show today. Hi, everyone. My name is Jenna Benedetto, and I'm graduating in the class 2022 in less than a month now. Nice to be here. And we we love having Jenna on the show. She's been on the show before. You can check out the show notes for her previous episode here with us. But first things first, we do have to get to that end of the year here at Albany Law. Commencement coming up less than a month from now. How excited are you? Oh my gosh. Um, that's just my entire personality now, maybe. Um, but I'm really excited. I'm first generation undergraduate and law school graduate. So it's a really big celebration for my family and I. So I couldn't be more excited for all the events coming up and finalizing out with commencement. And if you need more information on commencement, if you're listening to the show here, uh, albanylaw.edu slash commencement. Again, you can check the show notes just to make sure you have all the details on everything that you need for the big celebration here in in mid-May. But but the next thing, of course, is always what we ask three L's at this point. You're excited for commencement, but then the bar exam looms beyond. Uh, Are you nervous about that? Um, Well, I've never been much of a fan of tests, which always makes it funny that I ended up in law school. But I mean, it's 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 perfectly normal and common to have some fears. But I'm looking forward to hopefully, you know, doing it and getting it behind me relatively quickly. I'm looking forward to getting to work studying and to kind of crossing that bridge and having it behind me. So not too worried, honestly. I've taken a lot of great classes here. So I feel like I've set myself up for success. Let's go back to the beginning here. We're going to talk about the end here a little bit, but why Albany Law School? Why why was this the right fit for you? I know we talked about this last time you were on the show, but for those who haven't heard before, you're local, you're from the Capital Region area, but why was Albany Law the right fit for you? Yeah, so definitely being from the Capital Region, I knew what type of resources and opportunities were going to be available to me here, um, especially the support system of having my family nearby is just an added bonus, but that was one factor. But the other really for me was I wanted to be part of a community where I really felt like I was part of a community where I wasn't just a face in the crowd, regardless of how much I was involved or not. And I felt that immediately from visiting here. And that's been the case ever since that I found my professors, my peers, my deans to be so accessible and so willing to connect and making me feel like I'm part of the Albany Law community that it was a big decision point for me, and it's definitely lived up to the expectation I set for it. 
Now, again, we're going to go in the Wayback Machine here, and you have the opportunity to talk to pre-1L, or even 1L, Jenna Benedetto. What would you say to her? I would tell her the same thing I tell everyone I give a tour to now. Take some time off before law school starts. I worked until about a week before law school started, and boy, was I tired. <laughs> so that's one thing. But also, I would say to get involved sooner. And I always tell people to be mindful about how they get involved. Like, don't join every single club because you're going to overwhelm yourself. But it took me a little bit to find my bearings and get involved on campus in ways that were beneficial for me. And I would definitely suggest to 1L Jenna to, to try to do that a little bit more, to try to put herself out there a little bit more because I had so many great opportunities and experiences by doing that. And just to ask you a follow-up here, one that I don't have on our list because a little behind the scenes for the podcast, we <laughs> tend to, to seed the questions to the guests so they can prepare. But one I didn't ask you here, but I'm going to ask it because uh, you're used to cold calls at this point. <laughs> student ambassadors, you, you've been a student ambassador with us here at the law school for, I think, a couple of years now. And just what is that program? And if people want to get involved, what's it all about? Yeah, absolutely. So I became a student ambassador in my second semester, so my spring of 1L here at Albany Law. So I started off just as a volunteer student ambassador about an hour a week um, pre-COVID world, uh, you know, helping out in the admissions office, answering phone calls and things. And then from there, really kind of grew with my responsibility while being in the office. And now I think I'm the most senior here because I've been around the longest in the office, which is kind of funny to think about, but really what, it, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm the old dog now in the office. Um, but. You, you, it always kills. It always slays me when the three L say they're the old ones are. Around I, yeah. Hello. Right. Um, I, I really feel it sometimes. No, but, um, but being a student ambassador is great. What that really kind of means is you work with the office of admissions to help connect with prospective students, new students, build those relationships, be there to answer questions from a student perspective. That could be anything from answering the phone during your shift and, you know, answering questions for people on the phone to giving tours to prospective or accepted students to helping out at accepted student day or different panels and events. And it really kind of combines you building your own networking skills while connecting with future classmates and also really kind of making connections for yourself. I've had such amazing opportunities to meet members of the legal community from accepted student day events or helping out with orientation as an orientation leader, given my student ambassador experience and connecting with members of the board of trustees by being involved with events and helping out. And it's just such a great opportunity to really explore and learn more about the school that you're a student at and share those real life experiences with people who are thinking of coming here because you want to make sure that whoever's coming and becoming your classmate is making an educated choice. So it's a really great opportunity for that. Now, before we get to the main course of what we're talking about today here, which is the Moot Court program, which just mm -hmm. finished up last week. Congratulations. But before we get to it, uh, I know you're uh, in an internship right now, correct, with the U.S. Attorney's Office? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. So I'm in the full year field placement program with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of New York. And what do you do? I mean, that sounds like quite the level of responsibility to be part of that office. What's it all about? Yeah, it's it's really a unique opportunity and a real privilege. They have a very rigorous process to get involved, but they have a really awesome established relationship with the law school. So they do a summer program as well as these full year field placement programs. So I earn academic credit both semesters, which is great. And then similar to other field placement at the law school, I have supervising attorneys. But the unique thing about the U.S. Attorney's Office is because it's a federal agency, 
I had the chance to have both supervisors in the civil and criminal divisions. So I could be doing research one day on civil litigation for one of the AUSAs I report to. And then the next day I could be going in and watching a criminal plea change. So it's really, really diverse work, really interesting work. I've gotten to, you know, obviously remaining confidentiality, got to do everything from medical malpractice to, you know, very spooky criminal mind sort of internet web stuff. So it's been very, very cool to get to do such diverse work and to have such an opportunity to connect with members of the federal bench and the federal prosecutorial field here in Albany. We've gotten to do sit downs with federal judges and, you know, events with interns from the federal public defender's office and really kind of explored those networking opportunities. So it's been great um, networking opportunity, but also really great research and learning opportunity. So it's been great. All right. Yeah. So let's, let's turn our attention to that moot court program mm-hmm. and just the moot court in general. Let's start there first. What is moot court for people who might not even have any idea what we're talking about and how does it, how is it set up here at Albany Law School? Yeah, so moot court, for anyone who's familiar with kind of mock trial or you know model UN or debate, something like that, it's like that in a way. Um, we always say um, with the Albany Law Program, the Anthony V. Cardona moot court program, that we are offering, we're offering to competitors real opportunities at simulated practical skills that are going to give them true takeaway they could take with them into their classrooms, into their field placements, into their summer jobs, into their professional career. So we have a variety of competitions. We host both in-house for our own competitors and uh, nationally for competitors from other law schools and undergraduate schools to participate in. And then we also participate in diverse competitions across the country. So it's a real opportunity for students to really have an opportunity to try out these unique but really practical skills the legal profession in a fun way with their classmates, with friends, with awesome coaches who are alumni and members of the legal community and build those skills and then present that out into the world. And these are competitions that are held in front of like real judges, right? Like real live sitting on the bench judges. Of course, they're not sitting on the bench for these. It's just kind of practice, but you've had some really high profile people that have worked with the moot court program, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we don't want to uh, discredit all the wonderful individuals we have partake in the moot court program and offer their time as judges. So we have tons of local practitioners, whether they're alumni or not, members of the legal community, professors from the law school and other law schools. So they're one piece of the puzzle as well. But we also have an incredible response from current honorables. So individuals who currently reside on a bench somewhere. So we've seen the likes of third department judges. I had a third department judge during one of my rounds for Gabrielli. We have judges from all over the state, state and federal bench. I had the luxury, and I genuinely mean as a luxury because it was like my dream panel of judges, to judge my final round of competition for Gabrielli last week was a retired court of appeals judge, a current court of appeals judge, and a federal judge for the Northern District. So we have an incredible outcry or outreach, really, of response from members of the legal community and really distinguished honorables who give their time to help foster this program and help give our competitors truly priceless opportunities to grow and develop their skills. Specifically, you were the competition chair for the Dominic Gabrielli Appellate Advocacy Competition. And for those who don't know how the judge system or the court system works here in New York, you have 
you know, kind of your local, then you go up to Supreme, third district, and then appellate is kind of the top tier. Like the, if you can think about it, the U.S. Supreme Court, but for New York is the appellate division. What makes your competition unique? If someone's competing or watching, because we have the recording from last week's episode, or from last week's competition, what can they expect in the appellate advocacy competition? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the unique things about the appellate advocacy competition and this year's competition, because every year they get to kind of have a little bit of creativity and different nuance, depending on who's the chair, is that my competitors uh, had the opportunity to write briefs and hypothetically argue in front of the United States Supreme Court, which is obviously something that only very few of us will ever have the very, very high privilege of getting to do. So they had this wonderful opportunity to really develop and hone their skills. Um, We had incredible teams across the board this year. I I genuinely mean that every single one of our teams was exceptional. But we had two credible finalist teams kind of rise up and perform in front of, as I mentioned earlier, a retired Court of Appeals judge, a current Court of Appeals judge, and a magistrate judge for the Northern District of New York, and just give an exceptional performance and be treated like true advocates as if they were residing in front of, let's say, the United States Supreme Court or the New York State Court of Appeals. You know, as soon as they start talking, they're getting peppered with questions. They're getting asked hypotheticals. They're getting treated like true, legitimate advocates, which they are. And we're able to get incredible feedback from the judges about their skills and their abilities and their courtroom demeanor. And that's a really unique privilege to have. And all of our competitions really get to do that. But Gabrielli, especially, given the fact that it's appellate advocacy, very rarely will you have a judge pepper in with questions in the middle of your thought and you'll have to, you know, think on your toes and adapt what you were thinking or planned to say or had this whole argument planned out in order to give them the answers they need to feel comfortable in their decisions. So that's a really unique part of Gabrielli that people will have the opportunity to see if they watch the recording from last week. As the competition chair, how do you think things worked out? Oh man, I mean, I'm probably biased, but um, I just, I thought it was so cool. I was in a ball of nerves all week leading up to it. And I just thought it was the most incredible privilege to see something I had spent months and months working on because myself as the Gabrielli chair, the Donna Jo Morse chair, the um, Karen C. McGovern chair, we all write the problems that the competitors compete on. So I had to write this problem, you know, for the last eight months, creating this substantive work for the competitors. And to see my problem come to life was just one, just an absolute privilege. And two, every single one of the finalists was just so exceptional, so incredibly gifted and talented. So to have people that were that skilled argue something that I had worked on was just the most incredible thing. So I think it went really great. I've heard really great feedback about the bench we had. I was so grateful to have so many members of the administration present on Zoom and in person. Dean Willette was there, which was wonderful. And to just see such a great turnout from the Albany Law community makes me think that we probably had a pretty good night. So that's what I'm going to stick with. (laughs) (laughs) You talked about the finalists for this one. And I, I know you're you're not trying to be biased. I know you're going to be an attorney and you always have to think very carefully about your responses. But one of those finalists was one Deanna Benedetto. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, that's your sister, of course. <laughs> Were you nervous for her? Were you happy for her? Were you annoyed with her when she poked holes in whatever arguments? Uh, what was it like watching your sister in this competition? 
Yeah, to, to watch Dina compete was honestly just the coolest thing. Like I said, everyone was really great. And I, and I truly mean that. There's no bias or anything there. And of course, in typical De Benedetto woman fashion, I learned after the fact um, because we really held ourselves and prided ourselves on making sure that we ran the cleanest and fairest competition we could. So I had no idea the entire competition, who wrote, who wrote which briefs, until literally uh, the awards came out, which was kind of a unique experience to not know who was writing on my work. And um, of course, Dina, in true fashion, wrote for the defendant or you know petitioner side, which is something that I would have done. So very De Benedetto sister of us. But I really, uh, it was so great to see her and her partner, Alice Magnarelli, as well as every other competitor, but the other two finalists and the ultimate winners, James Ashley and Evan Levesque, just kind of find all these creative ways to approach my problem, to listen to them, because I watched all of their semifinal rounds too, to listen to them, how they kind of argued these creative policy arguments and really thought outside the box was so was so cool. But I mean, of course, as a sister, uh, I'm glad that communications didn't get any really utterly embarrassing photos of me like on the edge of my seat the entire competition <laughs> round um, because I truly was on the edge of my seat the entire round. But I did not envy the judges. Um, they said in a very rare twist that they would have called a tie if they could have and they really had to split a hairs at the end. And I think that's true. I think all four of them were so exceptional that while it was very well-deserved for James and Evan to take home a win, every single one of them should really hold their heads up high this week because they were exceptional. And you can check the show notes for a gallery of the photos of the competition. See everybody in action. It was it was a really nice, I've checked in on Zoom a couple of times myself. It was just a really nice competition, a really great way to end the year, the academic year of Moot Court. Uh, so congratulations, Jenna. It was, it was really Thank well done. You. We're going to move on to the lightning round, though. And despite how good the competition was, you do have to perform still in the lightning round. You ready for that? I am ready. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Of course, May is commencement. The bar looms large, but you do get at least some time to yourself in the summer. You have any interesting plans, interesting things you're going to do? Sleep. No, uh, just kidding. So I'm going to try to enjoy some of the warm weather. I'm going to try to take a little bit of a moment to celebrate all the hard work that got to this point. And then maybe maybe a little trip after the bar exam just to kind of get a break from my laptop and uh, very heavy books for bar prep. And then I'll start working before I know it. So I'm really excited for that. When you do eventually move on from us here at Albany Law, what's the future hold? You, you mentioned uh, a job. What do you want to do? Yeah. So um, I just couldn't stay away. Uh, so I'll actually be down the block on State Street with O'Connell and Aronowitz, um, which is a wonderful firm, one of the oldest firms in Albany. So that's really just an honor to be with them. And I'll be in their litigation group because obviously we've learned I really enjoy opportunities to argue and talk. So I'm really looking forward to that. They have a great alumni base there at the firm and it's going to be a great mentorship and learning opportunity for me. There's some great recent graduates there who are current associates. So I couldn't be happier to have been able to be connected with them and to have a postgraduate opportunity with them. No, we do moot court, student ambassador, keeping an eye on your sister, making she making sure she does her homework. <laughs> do you have any downtime? Do you do anything for fun? Or is it just wall-to-wall books right now? I do try to have fun. I, I do. I know it seems impossible because I have the same 24 hours in the day as everyone else, right? Um, but but I, I really try to get outside. I'm really lucky that I have the luxury of living at home right now, and we have a bunch of property. Um, My dad is very outdoorsy. And once warm weather hits, which I'll be trying to do amongst bar prep, I have a boat, so I'm going to try to take advantage of that. And then otherwise, I've just really been trying to enjoy my friends. Um, For some of us, we're going to 
be going separate ways after the bar exam. So we've been trying to do fun stuff together and really kind of enjoy these last couple of weeks together. So I've, I've been doing that and just trying to enjoy everything the Capital Region really has to offer before I'm in the books every day. Another unscripted one here for you, Jenna. Yeah. You said you're first generation, both undergrad and now law school. Uh, just what would I just want to give you an opportunity to maybe say something to mom and dad and what would you say say to them uh, you're getting to the end of this road I mean I'm sure it's been a journey for the entire family but is there anything you like to say to your mom and dad I would definitely thank them it really is such a privilege to have had the opportunity to grow up as their child and I'm sure everyone's child says that when you know they're being recorded and their parents are going to find out (laughs) you know in the podcast right no but truly my my parents worked for every single thing they've ever had in their entire life. And what that taught me is the value of things and the value of opportunity, which is why it's been so important to me while I've been here to one, take advantage of opportunity when it knocked and to two, offer opportunity to other people. So I'm just truly so thankful for them. I actually was at a couple weeks ago when we had Kate Stoneman Day, a chat with uh, Judge Troutman, Judge Shirley Troutman. And she was talking about being first generation. And she said, it's not enough to be the first. You have to make sure you're not the last. And what my parents have done by how they've raised me, how they've kind of inspired me through my life and kind of their choices to help me have the life I've had is to make sure I'm a person who works hard to make sure I'm not the last at these opportunities and that I can give them to other people. So I'm really so thankful for them. I know it's going to be as equally a big day for them on May 20th as it is for me. And I really can't wait to celebrate with them. Well, uh, just somebody is, who tangentially knows you, Jenna, we, we came into the law school at roughly the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm proud of you. We are <laughs> proud of you as a law school community. So I, I'm sure your parents are just thrilled. And oh, uh, thank you, you. Yeah, you've been a great person to work with over the last couple of years. And uh, one final question for you on the podcast, yeah. and then we'll, then we'll let you worry about the bar exam more and get ready <laughs> for commencement more. Is there anything you'd like to say to the law school community? I would like to say thank you. I truly meant it when I said that the big piece for me coming to Albany Law was the community, was to be somewhere where I was upped and advocated for and able to advocate for myself. And that's really been the case here. So I thank each and every one of my classmates, no matter how much or how little we've interacted, for creating that space for me. And on the flip side of that, I would challenge them all to continue to create that space. It's their jobs now, my underclassmen peers, to really help continue to create that space for others and to continue to create a legacy that we can all be proud of. So thank you. But now it's all in your very capable hands. So good luck. Jenna Benedetto. thank you so much for being on the Albany Law School podcast. Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate it.